the first degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. The first degree. These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life. Hi Firsties, we are so excited to be bringing you this final installment of our heavy metal project coverage. And when we started doing this coverage, our intention was to keep the focus on the victims. Over the course of about 10 weeks, we were going to bring you all their stories and raise money through this initiative that Jack and I created with Jimmy Toast. Never in a million years did we think that there would be an arrest in the course of this initiative, of our coverage. We are just beyond excited. And we're doing this episode on the fly. We're changing things on the fly because obviously this is all happening in real time. In the coming weeks, we're going to continue to bring you coverage on the Long Island serial killer case as things become public and as things unfold. We've done several interviews with many people connected to the case, and we're bringing all of that good stuff to you really soon so you can just stay informed and come along on this crazy ride with us in real time. I want to just add, in light of the arrest of Rex Huerman, who was considered the suspect in the Long Island serial killer case... As far as the victims we're discussing today, Peaches and her daughter, Baby Doe, we don't know if he's responsible for these crimes as well. A lot of speculation and a lot of theorizing has been going on in the internet, but the police are remaining tight-lipped about these particular cases and how they relate to Rex Huberman, which is their right to do so. So take all of that into account as you listen today. Um, Maybe he's involved, maybe he's not. But our hope is that these two unidentified victims will have their names back soon. And we believe the police are working hard on that behind the scenes. And if you haven't heard of the Long Island serial killer, that's okay. We've got three binge-worthy episodes on the list case out right now. So pause, listen to those so you can get kind of caught up to everything that's going on and return here once you've finished. Right. And then you'll know and you'll learn in those episodes that most serial killers, like Lisk, purposefully target sex workers, which is why, for many reasons, participating in being a sex worker is incredibly dangerous. In fact, it's the most dangerous job for a woman in the entire United States. So we're trying to help. We've created a fundraising and awareness raising campaign initiative with jewelry brand Jimmy Toast. And Jamie, the brand's designer, has designed 10 amazing necklaces for this initiative, one dedicated to each victim's memory. And each necklace is inspired by and in honor of the Long Island serial killer's victims. And the necklaces are available for purchase at theheavymetalproject.com. 100% of the net profits will be donated to the Sex Workers Outreach Project. This is a nonprofit dedicated to the fundamental rights of people working in the sex trade. So remember, that's theheavymetalproject.com. Now that we're done with all the housekeeping, we're ready to dive into the important stuff. So today we're talking about two more unidentified victims of the Long Island serial killer. And they're known now currently as Peaches and Baby Doe or Toddler Doe. And they're a mother and daughter. If you've been listening to these bonus episodes, you probably know the timeline of the Lisk case, like the back of your hand. But just in case, here's a quick summary of events just to reset where you're at and where 
the lives of these two people we're discussing today fall into this. So in December of 2010, a police officer and his dog were searching along Long Island's Gilgo Beach for a missing young woman named Shannon Gilbert. They didn't find Shannon, and they wouldn't until a year later. But the officer and his dog did find other human remains, four sets of human remains that were wrapped in burlap and placed exactly 500 feet apart from each other along this beach. The victims were Megan Waterman, Melissa Bartholomew, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, and Amber Lynn Costello. And they were the first recognized victims of the Long Island serial killer. And they have been coined, the four of them, the Gilgo Four. And the Gilgo Four victims had a lot in common. First and foremost, they were dynamic young women with dreams, passions, and a deep love for their friends and family. They were also in their 20s, petite and sex workers. Shannon Gilbert was actually a sex worker as well. So clearly the Suffolk County police had a sex worker targeting serial killer on their hands. And Gilgo Beach was that serial killer's dumping ground. And the discovery of the Gilgo Four was the catalyst for a massive investigation of this entire area of Gilgo Beach and any of the surrounding coastline. So throughout the spring of 2011, many other victims who were likely connected to this case were also uncovered. The now identified victims include Jessica Taylor and Valerie Mack. And we've done independent episodes on both of them as well. There were two beloved women who, like the Gilgo Four, were in their 20s. They were petite and also sex workers, more indications that, yes, these are connected. Beyond that, there were still several unidentified victims who were also found within this period. This includes Gilgo Beach Doe and Fire Island Jane Doe, or Jane Doe Number 7, who we discussed last week. So their human remains were discovered on or near Gilgo Beach on April 4th of 2011. And on that same April day, a third set of remains were also discovered on Gilgo Beach. And they belonged to a little girl who had become known now as Baby or Toddler Doe. And obviously, a child being connected to this case is a massive deviation from anything we've told you about the serial killer so far. It's it's the one really, um, not one, but it's one of the, the two, outliers. one of the two big outliers, really. Right. So Baby Doe's skeletal remains were found wrapped in a blanket on the far east side of Gilgo Beach in Suffolk County. Her cause of death was determined to be homicide, and experts believe that she was multiracial between one to four years old. She was found wearing jewelry, one 16-inch gold chain, and two gold hoop earrings, and she was probably wearing them at the time of the murder, which, according to forensics technicians, probably happened as far back as 1997. So for a long time, investigators actually thought that Baby Doe's mother was Valerie Mack, because where Baby Doe was found was nearest to remains that belonged to Valerie Mack. Of course, Valerie wasn't identified at the time. She wasn't identified till a couple years ago. But they thought these two identified victims, Valerie and Baby Doe, were connected mother and daughter. And to them, you know, police, it would make sense if a serial killer had to get rid of a child for some unknown reason that they'd bury them in the same place as their mother. Like, it's a decent thing to do. I mean, I guess that's assuming that a serial killer has any decency. I guess not. You know, this assumption kind of makes sense. Like these two are closest together. They must be related. But Valerie Max remains weren't successfully identified till 2020. 
But in 2016, four years before Valerie's positive ID, it was determined that baby doe was not related to Valerie Mack. And that's because modern day DNA testing had revealed that baby doe's mother was a different victim connected to Lisk. And although we don't know her name, she's widely known as Peaches. Part of Peach's body was first discovered way back in 1997. On June 28th, her torso was located near Hampstead Lake Park in Nassau County. And this is on the west side of Lake Drive and 200 yards north of Peninsula Boulevard. Detectives found that the torso belonged to a young black or multiracial woman who had a two inch by one inch heart shaped peach tattooed on her left breast. Right. And that's where the nickname Peaches comes from. And the tattoo, I've seen it. It also has a little bite taken out of it. And it's kind of looks like a heart and it has like some little like water droplets coming off it, like a juicy peach. Um, Peaches also was found with a six inch horizontal scar on her lower abdomen, which may have been the aftermath of a C-section. And experts believe Peaches was murdered only a few days before her torso was found in June of 1997. So they found the torso right away back then, which is how they know about the scar. Like you don't know about scars if they're decades old, you know, remains, right? And this would have been the exact same year that baby Doe was also thought to have been killed, which makes sense, right? The mother and the daughter, it happened at the same time. Peach's torso was wrapped in a black plastic bag and put inside a green Rubbermaid trash bin. Also inside the trash bin was a maroon towel and a floral pillow sham. And for years, these were all the clues that we had about Peach's identity. But on April 11th of 2011, one week after Baby Doe's remains were found, a plastic bag containing a portion of Peach's arms and legs was uncovered west of Gilgo Beach in Jones State Park in Nassau County. And along with Peach's extremities, the bag also contained two gold bracelets. And these gold bracelets were very similar to the gold necklace and gold hoop earrings found with Baby Doe. So they may have kind of been part of a matching set. So Peaches was probably between 16 and 30 years old. I mean, they don't know. And that's a big, wide spectrum of possibilities, right? Yeah. And according to interviews with former Suffolk County Police Commissioner Richard Dormer, who has now passed away, Peaches was likely a sex worker. That's Who knows if that's true, though? I mean, it's possible, but just like the other victims of the Long Island serial killer. So they could be making that deduction based on that, right? And at first, the authorities didn't understand why Peach's daughter was also murdered. That was such a departure from what they had come to believe and know about Lisk as a perpetrator. Because as far as we know, beyond not knowing this guy at all, Lisk wasn't physically violent towards any other victim's families, right? So this this violence against this child is unprecedented. But experts on the homicide investigation have stated that it can be challenging for sex workers to find consistent, affordable childcare. So it's reasonable to believe that Peaches may have brought baby Doe with her while she met clients for sex work. But there are some other theories as to why both Peaches and baby Doe were murdered. Based on forensic evidence, it's probable that Peaches and baby Doe were some of Lisk's very first victims. And with that information in mind, some suspect that Peaches and Baby Doe could have been the Long Island serial killer's own girlfriend and child. And if that's the case, that's actually very interesting. And I'm sure we don't know what the Suffolk County Police are doing behind the scenes because they don't share anything. But if they believe this could be Lisk's child, I'm sure they're working on that genetically, you know, extracting DNA. Listen, the remains for the child would have been there since 1997, right? So... 
you got to get it from bone at that point. It's probably very difficult. So while we're not sure if that's true, it seems like it seems like a dream that that could actually be the way this case is cracked, right? It may explain something else. So like we said, baby Doe was found closest to the remains of Valerie Mack. She was not found anywhere near her mother. And that kind of baffled investigators. Peaches and baby Doe, their bodies were placed further apart than any other of the Lisk victims to each other, to anything else. So seven miles apart, which is the the largest stretch. And we're not, listen, I know Valerie Mack and Jessica Taylor's torsos were found in Manorville and um, Peaches' torso was found in Hempstead Lake State Park. So I know parts of the bodies were further away, but it kind of looks like a symbolic thing. That's what investigators are saying. Like maybe they did this on purpose as like a final fuck you. You know, why else would they dump a mother so far away from their child? Um, Indeliberately, right? Like Peach's torso was in a a bin and a trash bag. The baby was wrapped in a blanket. That means he went to both these locations and he did this, you know, with it's definitely It's definitely inconvenient for him to do it that way. It's inconvenient. And you have to wonder why, you know, I'm sure profiles would have a field, like profilers would have a field day with this and the profiling that's been done on LISC has not been released. So it is interesting. I, I get why they're like kind of stuck on that because there's something there because that's fucking weird. So, I mean, that is why that they think that Lisk did have this more personal connection to Peaches and Baby Doe because if they didn't, it would just be like he'd probably do whatever is the most convenient for him. Right. So that is really interesting that maybe he was just separating them out of anger. So it's all speculation, obviously, and we don't have any idea why Peaches and Baby Doe were placed like that. Either way, it's horrific. It's tragic. A child lost their lives. A mother lost her life. And since Peaches' skull was never recovered, law enforcement can't even create a composite sketch of what she could have looked like, which makes things, in terms of identifying her, even more difficult. And there are no official sketches of baby doe either. But there's still hope. So Peaches' tattoo, which was a heart-shaped peach with a bite taken out of it, it was very distinct. And when her torso was discovered in 1997, Peaches' tattoo was featured on America's Most Wanted and several national tattoo magazines. And one tattoo artist from Connecticut claimed that he was the one that inked this tattoo. And he remembered that the woman he'd given the tattoo to was an 18 or 19-year-old black woman. She'd come into his shop with her aunt and female cousin. And according to the tattoo artist, the woman receiving the Peaches tattoo lived in the Bronx or Long Island. And she was only in Connecticut because she was fighting with her boyfriend. But unfortunately, the tattoo artist didn't have access to this woman's name, and the police weren't able to identify her based on this information alone. Right. And detectives have speculated that Peaches may have had more identifying tattoos on her body. It's a sickness. You know, people who get one tattoo get more than one, usually. I mean, Jack, people in your life, people in my life, my boyfriend has sleeves. Jared has several tattoos. Yeah. Once you get one, you have many. Sometimes. Sometimes you stop with just two bad ones, which I've done. But anyways, the point is, is that detectives speculate that perhaps Peaches had more tattoos. But, you know, in the later findings, they found her torso in 97, days after the murder was supposedly 
occurred, but they wouldn't have been able to see anything on the other remains found in 2011. Um, plus, we saw this killer with Jessica Taylor took steps to like remove and disfigure tattoos that may have helped in identifying her. So it's hard to know. In 2022, the Long Island Press had reported that there were updates in the process of identifying Peaches and Baby Doe. The Suffolk County Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison said it was a slight lead, but we don't have any details of what that lead may be, but we can make some guesses. Right, because in Mobile, Alabama, a police department made a post to their Facebook account, and it was an interesting one. So it said that the FBI was seeking out friends and family of Elijah Howell, or Elijah Howard. They think that Elijah might be a distant relative of Peaches based on DNA analysis, which means obviously they're attempting to use genetic genealogy to identify Peaches, just as the Suffolk County Police Department had successfully done in identifying Valerie Mack. The Mobile Police Department also posted a picture of Peaches' tattoo, just in case Elijah's family or friends recognized it. And we're not really sure if any progress came out from this. There hasn't been any new information released on whether they're inching closer to making positive IDs. And this frustrating dead end in Peaches and Baby Doe's case is one of the many reasons that we're doing this fundraising and awareness campaign for the victims connected to LISC. We're hoping that someone somewhere might be able to contribute something helpful. Absolutely. So with that, all of you who are listening and have continued to do so Friday after Friday, not being sick of us yet after hearing us, you know, three times prior the same week. Thank you for listening. This is really important. These victims deserve to get their names back. They deserve justice. And if you want to learn more, definitely check out theheavymetalproject.com to support sex workers' human rights. And if you have any information about Peaches, about Baby Doe, about anyone we've talked about over these 10 weeks, or if you have information about the Long Island serial killer, please contact the Suffolk County Crime Stoppers at 1-800-220-TIPS. And there's a $50,000 reward for information leading to an arrest. Thank you so much for listening to our final Heavy Metal Project initiative episode. Like I said at the top of the episode, stay tuned for our Long Island serial killer coverage. In lieu of our normal Wednesday first degree episodes, we're going to be doing exclusive list coverage. We have interviews to include. We have insider information to include. So buckle up. We'll see you on Wednesday.